Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to tonight's podcast. Well, so we talk about music, sorry, magic modifications tonight. Uh, it's just me and Edgar for the most part. Uh, we got a couple people hop in and out, but I don't think they actually said anything. Um, it's a pretty good episode. Long enough. Uh, under 45 minutes. So enjoy. Uh, and I'll talk to you at the end of all the stuff. Welcome to tonight's uh, late night classroom. Sorry for delays. We're having some technical issues today, but we'll get past it. Um, anyway, I'm joined tonight by Younger and hopefully a couple others in the near future. Uh, tonight we're talking about magic modifications. Woo! Now, I'm gonna, I said this before, but I'm going to say it again because apparently no one could hear me. Uh, but magic modifications, let's talk about that. Uh, what are they? What are we talking about? And really, in essence... The simplest way to describe what the heck we're talking about is changing magic from the rules it's written to fit your story, characters, or special events that you want to be like, oh, this one time it does this, or this certain creature does something special. All right, we're going to kind of break that down. Uh, we took a, a poll earlier this week, and it tied between uh, the importance of mounts and this topic, so I'm going to talk about magical mounts at one point, uh, so be ready for that. Uh, we're going to go over just changing a couple basic spells um, provided by Younger Man or myself. We're going to pick a spell and talk about the various ways you can modify it and what would be useful but not overpowered. We're going to talk about like modifying cantrips um, and the like do's and don'ts of allowing that. Uh, and go over some scenarios where like modification really makes sense for a character. Um, and of course, quite a bit of this is homebrew. Um, some of it is raw, you know what I mean? We'll talk about me uh, meta magic and things like that, that are like the official ways to do this. Uh, and again, this is specifically D&D. You can apply this to other systems, and I'll talk about other systems magic stuff uh, kind of towards the end. Andrew, are you good with all that? Yeah, absolutely, and I can help break down those differences. Sweet. So we're going to start with... Uh, mm, DM magic or GM magic, we'll call it, right? And I don't just mean like our pretty smiles and wondrous stories. I'm talking about the spells that are specifically to like the big bad evil guy or some high powerful wizard that aren't necessarily written down in the book. You know, like being able to teleport an entire army's worth of individuals in only a day or something silly, right? Um, so these kind of modifications, right, are, are story based modifications right so you take a spell and just make it grand or super crazy or miniaturize it right you could go either way um that are specific for like only can be learned from a single character can only be used by a single character or just have like there's only one set of components so you're only ever going to do this spell once these story spells um don't really have a restriction right um, but the restrictions is the amount of times it can be used and who can use them right if you're going to use a big bad uh, story thing, right? And his superpower, magic, whatever, uh, is he can cast lightning out of his fingers at will, right? And basically do call lightning, but instead of from above on, you know, through his fingers. And, like, you can explain that to your players of kind of how that's working, you know what I mean? So they can be like, oh, okay, this is where I got the base from. Um, and that's why it's doing 2d8 damage every time it slaps me in the face. Uh, and why you can do it as a bonus action or action or, you know, whatever. Um, 
and go from there, right? Um, those kind of story ones, not many people are going to get upset with however you use them, especially if you set the precedent. We talk about this a lot. Um, making sure your players know that, hey, this is this is a story thing. We're doing this because of story. Um, you guys aren't going to hey. get to use it, or you are going to get to use it, but not yet. You know, or you have to do some kind of special training to get it done. Whatever, right? Or you're fighting a lich, and you know, he's just better than you. I mean, that's a that's a possibility. But you know, liches are great, bad, 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 evil guys. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, story storytelling modifications. I'm sorry, you've only spent thirty years studying magic. He happened to be studying it for two thousand. You know, he just has a leg up on you. Right, and you know what? That's a those are wonderful reasons for incorporating those kind of uh, stuff into your guys' games. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, here you go. Um, the I don't know. Sorry, I'm trying to think of the appropriate way to explain that. You know, most of our characters are humans, or they're young, or whatever, right? For the most part, they're rock stars in their uh, where they're at in life. You know what I mean? They're a master class people that can't do what they do. Um, and they're doing it in months or years comparatively to master level people that took years you know, to do what they do. You know, and your character did it in two, whereas they took, you know, ten to even be two close decades. to Exactly. You know, the Lich has been doing magic for three hundred years and still can only cast seventh level spells. Like your little your little human uh, wizard's been like, I've studied magic for six years and most of it was just experimenting. Ha <laughs> ha uh, you know, you're kind of overpowered in your own sense, right? So let let the people that have been around for a long time give them something a little extra, maybe. I mean, good 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 way to like incorporate those story uh, modifications. But on the same hand, you know, what I mean, don't give uh, don't give humans that don't have access to someone else's knowledge or something like that uh, innate superpowers, unless you're trying to make them like a god or demigod or something. Um, because they just don't live long enough. However, Eric Cochran, another, a great, another example. Sorry, go ahead. I have a, I have a great uh, token margin. You know, mm -hmm. some things are just too difficult for a lone caster to do alone. We've all seen in TV shows or whatever ritual castings cast by you know twelve to thirty different people. You know, maybe entire cults. You know, that have done ritual sacrifice. Uh, in order to summon this, like, <laughs> sacrifice, in order to uh, summon this, you know, demon lord or whatever. Um, and that can be applied to different spells, too. You know, like, oh, maybe, you know, the the way that they have a ancient lich resurrected from the dead, because obviously, you know, one high-level caster wasn't enough. They had the high-level caster just merely be in charge of it, but, you know, it took 30 people, you know, 200 living sacrifices in order to be able to get enough souls harvested to put into a gem to put inside of its uh, chest phylactery. Perfect. That's it. That's a wonderful example. Now, a shameless plug, we have an item like this that came out on the wheel a while ago called Reimagined Spells, uh, and kind of focuses on that concept, but with raised dead specifically, and has special rules to it, and so on and so forth, but it's kind of a cool item. Yeah. Again, shameless plug, go to the website, check it out. Um, go get you a pick-a-pack, make that one of the pick-a-packs, or just pick it by itself, you know, whatever. Um, so, with that, um, that's, that's storytelling magic, right? Uh, again, those are the specific, whatever, they get their own rules, they're not raw anywhere, necessarily. 
Um, you know, in some adventures, they'll talk about multiple casters and things like that, uh, and the spells that they can perform. Um, I don't think there's any specific spells that I can think of that take multiple casters or ritual users uh, that most oh, characters no, there use. isn't. Yeah, okay. So if you There's no base level spell that does that. Okay. So, if you want to have a fancy-pantsy campaign and, like, any spell above ninth levels requires at least two casters or something silly, there's a way to go. I mean, for the you people that like going above and beyond, wish wasn't enough. Wish double... Uh, Super Saiyan Wish takes four people. Wish version two. Yeah. <laughs> What's it do? Uh, same thing as Witch, uh, except for it, it's uh, uh, perfect. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Along with uh, storytelling magic and, you know, minions or people who aren't minions or whatever, um, you can have them, you know, be able to cast unique spells. Not just like, oh, they can cast this or them going and like, you can create them to have their own special spell. And unless they're a wizard, they might not necessarily, you know, the players might not have direct access to it. Right. That, that's a that's a wonderful example. I mean, let's say you play another system like uh, Starfinder. Um, and, again, we'll, we'll come into other stuff. There's a whole bunch of spell-like stuff in Starfinder, but they might not have a D&D spell that you find way better. I mean, maybe a character that you come across has that spell. And they can't even teach it. Or Pathfinder, whatever, because, again, Pathfinder kind of jives a little bit better. But, hey, uh, Spelljammer's coming out. So, uh, the crossovers are uh, stacking up. Um, but, that aside, um, taking your, you know, a single unique spell. And it can't doesn't necessarily have to be a super powerful spell or super useful spell. Um, with these unique to the person uh, kind of thing. Uh, they can be, uh, like, just, just silly, you know what I mean? Like, they summon a phoenix or something, and the phoenix doesn't necessarily have to do anything cool, but they're the only one that can do that. Um, you know, instead of the regular find familiar spell, they can summon a phoenix. And, and that goes to, you can add that to your players, too. You know, make them give up a feat to be able to do some kind of crazy spellcasting stuff. Um... Or don't give up a feat. I don't. I, I take the right. You should never steal players' feats. Um, if you give <laughs> them a feat that allows them to change a whole bunch of stuff, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, but don't steal their feat to let them do a single spell. Unless that spell is the most kick-ass thing in the world. Uh, but speaking either... about that, uh, there is a feat um, in relation to uh, changing spells. So uh, it actually gives you uh, the ability to gain. Uh, it's a sorcerer. Uh, feat that adds essentially you gain one mag magic um, mm -hmm. feature and so you can choose the one that lets you alter spell damage types there is a metamagic feature for sorcerers I believe it was uploaded in Tasha's uh, stuff cauldron of everything and uh, it lets you change the damage type as long as it's like a elemental damage type to include acid and thunder. Yep. So that uh, going into fire, that, frost, electric. I mean, t since you're you're covering, we'll jump to the next topic, which will be uh, in-game modification rules as written modifications, right? Um, sorcerers are pretty much your only real source of this. Or like younger said, there's a feat that basically allows you to take a smaller version of the sorcerer's ability with its meta magic. Also, think 
maybe Order of Scribes or Lore Mastery. I forget what it's called. You think so? Okay, um, maybe. Yeah, yeah that yeah, sounds right. I think they have an ability that also lets you do something similar. Uh, it's not necessarily metamagic, but it's basically the same thing, just with a different face. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. That sounds Instead familiar. of metamagic, it just it lets you change the spell damage type the same. Right. Um, but so those are those are quote unquote raw right rules of written ways of changing magic and generally when you do that uh, specifically meta magic and all the different variations that you can pick up as a sorcerer or in a level sorcerer or whatever for those people that multi class um, specifically for magic magic uh, they need to like just watch read read the things they're they're real simple you know what I mean and if you as a GM DM need inspiration for like how you can make a character change their uh, spells without it necessarily being a choice. Um, you can look at meta magic, and they will explain cool stuff that your spells can do. Like if you want someone to be cursed with the double casting, something or other, and basically make things work like quicken spell, that's kind of cool, right? Um, or twin spell, or oh, what's another popular meta magic? Uh, the extended range one uh, that basically warlocks can get to. Um, you know, just cost their three points. You know, you can you can make it to where those are just like quirky things your NPCs or your characters uh, can pick up. Now, generally, I don't suggest giving it to a ton of characters, like just giving them the ability to change their magic, um, because there's classes for that. But on the rare occasion, sometimes it's like my character doesn't do fire. I don't want to throw a fireball. I want to throw a lightning ball. Or a tornado, or something that does the exact same amount of damage as fireball, uh, but I just want to change the elemental damage and the quote-unquote look of it, um, which is something you can which goes into our third totally talk out with your DM. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it'd uh, be like, hey, I want to be an ice mage. Can I make it so that all my spells, you know, deal ice damage instead? Maybe instead of hold person necessarily. Like, yeah, sure, they still have to roll a wisdom save or whatever but instead of it necessarily being oh the reason that they can't move is due to their you know mental prison maybe instead it's because you literally froze their nerves inside of their body yeah uh, temporarily until their willpower was able to crack it open or they just got warm they they had enough yeah (laughs) someone someone counteracted your spell with heat metal um, and that is, uh, from a GM standpoint and letting your players do that, like we're kind of jumping onto a third topic, which is just changing the base spells, right? Um, the idea is you can quote unquote have with that, right? Uh, is the, um, either make it to where it really doesn't change the spell itself, right? And it's just a new skin on top Cosmetic. of an old spell, right? Or if it does change the effects, right? So like we know with fire, uh, that whole area catches on fire except for things that are being worn, right? Uh, if you, we'll jump over to lightning, you know, I mean, instead of it, uh, you know, burning everything and electrocute stuff and, like, maybe if people are wearing metal armor, they get stunned for a round or something like that, right? If it has a positive reaction that you're adding to it, if we go to a giant snowball or ice ball or whatever and it freezes people solid in place instead of burning them, uh, there needs to be some kind of negative component if you're going to add a positive component to it, which sounds silly, right? Like, you're going to get a little complicated uh, if you go too hard into it. So, you know, when you do these kind of modifications, 
be gentle. <laughs> um, We've all played video games. We know that, you know, sometimes when you light somebody on fire, maybe they take an extra D6 the next turn afterwards. Or, you know, they get slowed down movement speed if you shoot them with frost. Or, you know, they freeze solid if they fail their constitution save. Or, you know, things of that nature. Right. And, again, we go back to if there's a positive to it, there's a negative to it. Like we just talked about, if you change a hold person to where you're literally freezing somebody, right, don't allow your players to be like, ah, they're frozen solid, so I can take my battle axe and hit them, and they'll shatter into a billion pieces. Um, because then it gets overpowered, right? You're changing a you know, first-level spell. Uh, wait, is, is hold person a first-level spell or a third-level spell? No, it's a third level, okay. but still, that wasn't the intent of the spell. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, keep keep your spells true to what they are supposed to be. Um, you know what I mean? And then, as we go in there, we talked about giving a positive to a negative. If, again, you freeze someone solid and then their ally hits them with a fireball to thaw them or something, right? Um, just let them be unthought. Make it an autosave. You know what I mean? Because, again, if you're changing how they're being frozen or whatever, like... You can change what they do. Now, mind you, would they take damage from taking a fireball to the back? I mean, probably. So you should probably include it. Um, the enemy just merely used the help action. Yeah, right. <laughs> In the form of a fireball. It's fine. Or a firebolt, fire, whichever. Firebolt. Uh, Presentation. They just, like, lit a fire under the butt. Called it good. Um, but with that, you know what I mean? When you're changing spells, only change cosmetics won't cause an issue it's when you start adding and taking away various effects that they have that you have to be really careful because if you add an extra effect that doesn't directly replace something right or adds additional stuff to the damage type and whatnot uh there has to be some possible drawback to it um because that's how you keep your your spells balanced in general um let's let's do another spell really quick we kind of talked about hold person let's just should we pick a random spell out of a spell book yeah, just pick a random spell. All right, Twitter, I'm, I'm going to an app. I can't see if you're talking. I don't think there's anyone there anyway. <laughs> All right, so what level should we do? I'm just going to scroll through and stop. Mm. Fourth. Nobody talks about fourth level no, spells. Because fourth level spells are silly. Uh, no, give me a second. So fourth level. Okay, I stopped on uh, Everett's Black Tentacles. Ooh, okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so... I'm going to read this spell really quick. So, squirming ebony tentacles fill a 20-foot square on the ground that you can see within range, which is 90 feet. Uh, for the duration, these tentacles turn the ground area into difficult terrain. When the creature enters uh, the area for the first time or at the start of its turn, there, the creature must succeed a deck save or take 3d6 bludgeoning damage and be restrained by the tentacles until the spell ends. A creature starts its turn in the area is already restrained by the tentacles. It takes an automatic uh, 3d6 bludgeoning damage. Creatures restrained by the tentacles can use the ac their action as a make strength or dexterity check. It's choice against, so obviously a uh, acrobatics or athletics I think is what it was supposed to be in here, but whatever. Uh, it's choice against your spell do save. On a success, it frees itself. Right, so changing this one thematically, right, you just change the tentacles from being oozy, black, whatever. Um, because it doesn't actually do any kind of magical damage. Uh, if you want to change the look and style of it, it's really easy to just be like, they're flaming tentacles. 
they, they don't have to do fire damage. You know, the 3D, 3D6 can cover the, oh, they're getting burned, you know what I mean? Um, but if you were to change it and be like, they're flame tentacles and add an extra D6 of fire damage, right, if they get restrained, or even if, like, if they pass the deck save, they take the fire because they get hit by flames or something, so however you roll. Um, this one's a, looks like, looks like it's a, uh, hit or suck spell. It's like if they save the throw, they, they just ignore it, basically. Um, so really, uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't modify this one too much again, besides cosmetically. Um, but let's say, let's say you're like a super powerful psychic. So a high level spellcaster that's like, you, that your dude is Cthulhu. Cthulhu's your guy. Uh, so ten, ebony tentacles is your thing. Like increasing the range on this to make it a bigger circumference or something might be interesting. You just have to make sure that like when they cast it, they have a lower DC uh, for the save or whatnot. You know what I mean? Just be like, hey, you can for every minus one to your save. I have DC, additional feet. The DC goes down by maximum. Wow. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, give your your characters an option, especially if they've had you know had the ability to cast this spell for a while, and that's like one of their favorites. Um, do that. You know, be a lot. Let them do fun stuff. Um, you know what I mean? Or or again. So maybe your tentacles can do individual actions. So maybe it just summons three tentacles, and each one of them does one d six type of damage. That'd be that'd be pretty wild. Um. Which, but that wouldn't necessarily change it too much because again they're bludgeoning and just changing it to magic because because it, it is technically magical bludgeoning damage because it's from a spell. Um, so you know the only people resistant to it are like barbarians. <laughs> um, but I digress on that one. Uh, this is a great one for throwing on an enemy that might necessarily might not necessarily have it. Right, and having their tentacles be unique in some way. Again, we talked about the culty stuff, and if you have multiple people casting the equivalency of the spell, have a whole whole kraken pop out of it or something silly. Now, mind you, careful with that as a DM. Don't don't go too crazy with the powers. Um, you, you you still want to party later, I assume, unless you're one of those DMs that are trying to kill their peeps and you know, teach down, I guess. Uh, let's do another one. Uh, what level are we going for this time? Lower. Your choice. Okay, uh, third level. Okay, so everyone, every, everyone's favorite category, third level spells. All right, so finger, 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 bam. Oh, intellect fortress. I hate this spell. Uh, okay, so thirty feet range, just verbal components, one action, concentration. For the duration, you or one willing creature can you see within range has resistance to psychic damage as well as advantage on intelligence, wisdom, charisma, uh, saving throws. And then at a higher level, when you spend at higher slots, you can affect more creatures. Um, but it's just like it's. It feels like a waste for a third level spell. You know what I mean? Like I, I get that you get advantage on three different things, which is really great, and you have resistance to psychic damage. So like that totem barbarian we talked about earlier would love this spell. Um, but, for everyone else, it's kind of meh. Um, anyway, I digress, though. Um, this one, again, changing it, um, because it doesn't have any, like, elemental stuff, 
uh, it, there's not really not much you should change on something like this, except for maybe the number of creatures it affects, um, or restrict that it only affects other people. I mean, maybe you give it to some random creature, and having that creature on your back like Yoda grants you this uh, equivalency of a spell for as long as it's riding you instead of for an hour. Uh, you know what I mean? That's a that's a way to augment it and see how it goes. Um, all right, one more time. We're gonna, we're gonna... I mean, I guess you could also just technically do the exact opposite of it. You know, instead of it being intellect fortress, <laughs> intellect devourer. <laughs> we just we just summon the no. <laughs> intellect eating hat. No, no, no. I I didn't mean like that. I just meant instead of like wisdom and charisma, maybe make it like strength, dexterity, and constitution. Ah, okay, right. Then that's that would also be a good modification. You put the magic on, then your muscles get stronger without you actually growing. I like that. Okay, I picked another one. This is an eight-level spell, Uh, earthquake. So when you get to the high, high level spells, right? The obviously the damage gets a little ridiculous. The range can be a little ridiculous. So on and so forth. They're meant to be powerful. Um, and it being elemental stuff, uh, you lose the... Uh, or not being elemental stuff, you know, it becomes bludgeoning damage and so on and so forth, which, for whatever reasons, I suppose I keep picking that. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, but changing this one, right, uh, is maybe concentrating it so it, like, breaks and makes more difficult terrain or completely dissolves terrain completely. You know, I mean, if you're in the... Instead of the 500-foot range, uh, maybe it only affects a 100-foot range, and the radius is a 10-foot radius or something, so you, like, super concentrate it, but it basically deletes that, uh, you know, 10 or 20 feet or whatever you feel is appropriate for you as a DM size area. Just gone. If you're in it, you fall to the depths of death. Um, Again, I caution being that extreme with stuff, uh, but you can. Let's see here. Or, you know, you make a bad guy, like a red dragon, be able to cast the spell or something, and it just turns that whole area of the ground into a, you know, kind of like a Ravalock pit. Hey, we got a viewer on Twitch. Twitch, if you feel like talking and answering questions, uh, I'm paying attention now, I swear. Or, you know, like I mentioned before, evil ice wizard just suddenly creates a bunch of glaciers, you know, or instead of, you know, them being able to cast it on land... They are able to cast it on water, and it has the same effect. Mm-hmm. That's equally terrifying. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine uh, a pirate captain with that ability? Or a first mate? Yeah. Or perfect in the middle of a Kraken fight. Now you've created terrain where the barbarian can actually go run across to start whacking on it. <laughs> Turn it into a nice, nice field. I'm going to get you eventually. Uh, the Bring other- your snowshoes. So that those are those are just some silly examples that we've gave, right? That are on a couple of different spells. You can you can take those concepts and apply them pretty much across the board for just basic spell modification. Uh, jumping over to class modification for stuff, right? So this is this is again goes back into that unique character thought idea, so on and so forth. Is you can always take a spell and turn that into a feature. Um, I shouldn't say you can always, but it is an option, right? So if you want to give the monk an ability to breathe fire for whatever reasons you can just 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 give him the breathe fire spell as a as a trade-off for one of his things now is this a good idea it really depends on your campaign you know high magic campaign okay maybe is there no way that that monk can really get the ability to breathe fire 
some other way via like potions or something like that okay um, does it fit your characters or NPCs uh, trying to think of the word here uh, feeling their goals no, no, not, what not, they're trying to go for right aesthetic the word I was looking for is aesthetic um, you mean a lot of these the, when you modify a class or character aesthetic is going to be what changes or uh, is important for stuff right because I mean at the end of the day mechanically when you're fighting adding a single spell uh, as a feature is not going to break any class but if you add a spell for every character you're playing with uh, for every we'll say three levels that they put into the character regardless of class they get a free the equivalency of a spell instead of a feat or whatever right um that's when you get overpowered and things are like well we basically have 26 wizards running around because one of them has duplication and that's just terrible uh, <laughs> um you get to this kind of issue something you don't want to do is uh you don't want your players to be overstepping the boundaries of other players right right so something to be aware of if if one of your players is seeking to, you know, be able to have a spell like ability, you know, you look at what level they're at. You're not going to give a level three character a level five spell. OK, you need to make sure that whatever that ability is, that it's kind of tapered to whatever level that people can cast it at, especially since some feats already give spells. Yes, most of them are first level or you have some compounded ones that even give second level spells. Um, but for the most part, you want to make sure that it's relatively balanced. So look at the wizard class list, see like, hey, how often, like what spell levels does this level character get? Don't ever give your character something that's above that level um, as a generic feature. Uh, something else along that line, though. Is, I mean, uh, on on that note, I would even give them like at least a level or two lower, um, just for for S's and G's slash safety of the other characters' reasons. You mean like, unless you're a twentieth level character, you don't need a ninth level spell, even though you can cast ninth level spells at what sixteen. Especially if you're not the main caster. Right. <laughs> I just have the ability to wish magically. <laughs> not that your party will be upset by that, because, you know, free wish is a free wish. Uh, but, I digress. The... That's why genies exist. Yes, um, yes. Find a genie, win, or lose, more likely. Um... Story time. Um, one of my char recent characters, some of my recent characters, uh, his wife was a genie. He's a, he's a warlock genie patron when that came out. It was super fun. I miss that character. He was a really sad guy. He had kids that got murdered in front of him. Well, not in front of him, just like in general. Um, anyway, sorry, I digress. So, uh, with, with the modification of characters with magic, rolling into the next thing, segueing really hard, uh, is modifying creatures with magic. Right, so magical creatures exist, right? You got unicorns, you got dragons, you got uh, any kind of other creature that already has magic. You don't really have to modify them, you know. Let, let you know certain classes can train them. Good animal handling, fun story, elementy stuff. You can just add those to your characters and let them have pet friends every once in a while. 
Um, just, you know, warn your players that they might die if you're in a combat-heavy campaign. Uh, the or these magical creatures can be bad. <laughs> or they're just evil little monsters. Um, but even if they are evil little monsters and whatnot, the thing to remember when you're giving your party a magical creature, right, that is naturally magical, not a modified, I took a horse and gave it wings, um, which we'll get to in a second, uh, is kind of along the same lines with your spell slots, right? If the animal can cast or do things that the players cannot, and they won't be able to for quite some time, you they probably shouldn't have it, right? For the exception of, like, a Drake Rider, uh, they don't need to be riding around on dragons, you know? Uh, and even with the Drake Rider, you know, they don't they don't get to ride their dragon until, like, level uh, 12, something like that. Um, and, and, I, and something to go along that line is uh, look at people like like the Drake Rider class to be like, oh, if I'm going to give my player, like, a mount that has a flying speed, what level does the Drake Rider get it? Or, like, what level does a Paladin get the ability to cast greater speed, yep. you know, to be able to kind of balance those kind of things? What CR rating creature? Or, you know, if you are giving them something really cool, maybe they don't have all the abilities. Or they're Maybe not... they're just a weaker version. Or, like, if you give them a dragon that's their friend because they saved it or did something cool to earn a dragon somehow, um, have the creature not be around all the time so it can't just fly in with fire breath and finish every fight in two turns. You know? Uh, creatures with magic are generally intelligent, and they might have their own goals and objectives, or they might be doing their own thing somewhere else. They don't necessarily have to be with the party 24-7. Um, so if you know that you're going to be in an area where, like, the unicorn that does a whole bunch of healing stuff, uh, don't don't necessarily let the unicorn be there the whole time. Um, you can always... Yeah, sometimes the cave entrance is just a little too skinny for the unicorn to be able to walk through. Exactly. Um, or, you know, sometimes rocks fall and ankles get broken. Um, even though they're big, bad monsters, they are still susceptible to injuries. They fall in a pit trap that was, you know, they didn't see because they weren't paying attention because they were talking to one of the other characters. Um, you're allowed to take your the writing companions out. Now, of course, higher level groups are just going to be like, I cast Tila yada yada. And you, you got to somehow BS your way past that. Uh, but for lower level groups, you know, if you want to introduce a super powerful creature early on that you don't want them using necessarily all the time, and they're more there for, like, I give out story plots, or I'm there for transportation to yada yada through traveling. Uh, just be okay. A great example of this is, uh, in, in one of my older campaigns, was I had the characters go and um, they were doing a quest with this one guy to go exterminate some... Uh, dogger you know the dark deep dwarves that were uh, in the mines and everything and well something happened just on rolls I wasn't like trying to make it so that this happened but the the character that these guys were helping uh, didn't make his athletic check <laughs> which he did with the rest of the characters over this uh, canyon bridge and so he fell about you know like 30 feet uh, and he broke his legs and uh, turned out that that character was actually a doppelganger uh, <laughs> and was merely trying to get these deep dwarves um, out of one of his sanctuaries uh, in which case I fully anticipated on my player characters going and killing this man uh, this doppelganger creature 
uh, because he had 100% murdered the actual individual who he was representing. <laughs> uh, but instead, they decided to heal him, uh, you know, fight off the deep dwarves and everything. And then once everything was said and done, he said, hey, thanks, da-da-da-da-da, please keep my secret, etc., or I'm going to have to leave or whatever. Uh, you know, he he did his own thing. He wasn't obligated to necessarily stay with the party. Uh, you know, and he was just like somebody that the player characters could run into again if they so chose to go back to that village or whatever. They knew somebody who was there who might be able to help them with an infiltration mission. Like, maybe make it so, like, you can use me in a certain circumstance but not like uh, every day. Um, it's not like a, you don't have, they don't have to be everyday companions. That's a wonderful example. I uh, totally, totally agree with that. You know, characters have their own stories. Uh, they don't, you know, even if they're friends with the adventuring group, you can have characters show up and then leave, right? That's the whole point of having NPCs uh, is because they live their own lives. Now, mind you, sometimes do they get attached to the party and you got the Boblin, the Goblin situation? Sure, right? But you as a uh, DM can always just be like, and then in the middle of the night, Boblin said, I'm out. Here's a note. Love you all. See you later. Uh, and then you have Boblin murdered down the road later. You know, whatever. Again, whatever floats your boat. If you want Boblin around in the background so he can be a comedy character, awesome. His name was Legs. <laughs> We're not talking about Legs. That's a story for another day. <sighs> but it's a good story. Um, I would, I would, I would tell the story, but we're kind of running short on time. So, uh, we got two more things and then I got to do all of our plugs and happiness at the end of the silliness. So, uh, second thing, normal mounts that have been magically modified or mechanically modified. Uh, sometimes the two are one and the same, depending on your world setting. Uh, but let's say someone cast haste on a horse. Um, so the horse go real fast. Um, that's a thing you can do, uh, but you got to remember using magic on creatures can be dangerous for the creature because it, some magic isn't meant for, uh, certain creatures. You know what I mean? Uh, whether they're willing or not, cause they're good steeds. Like you give a horse haste, they might just run themselves into exhaustion and pass out or die. Um, or run into a tree cause they don't realize that they were going to move twice as fast. Right, right. Um, you know, adding uh, boots of flying to a monkey that the monkey gonna have a hard time. Uh, again, you can have smart creatures that understand what the heck they're doing, or at least have a basic concept um, that are just. There or for give the druid the chance to be able to, you know, have his his shining light moment where he talks to the creature and explains it before it kills itself. Important, important. You know what I mean? If your players aren't smart enough to be like, hey, before we do this thing to you, let's talk to you. Great. You know what I mean? Don't don't punish them after they take the time to do that. But they don't, and they just yeet magic on the creatures, because, like, we only have two days to get to the castle, and we're four days away. Well, if we cast haste on the horses 26 times, we'll get there in four hours. Um, don't, don't. The horses die. Just, just know this. Make sure, make sure there's a consequence for your players abusing their animals. Um, not saying you should abuse your animals, to be clear. I'm just saying, if they do, punish them. 
that straight up <laughs> punished them. They deserve punishment for hurting the cute animals. Hey, speaking of, we made a meme yesterday that is 100% that characters when they're committing genocide all happy. Characters when the cute animal dies. No! Ah, anyway, sorry. You made me giggle. So, uh, what else we got? So we talked about modifying normal creatures, dealing with them, modifying magical creatures or adding magical creatures. Uh, talked about raw modifications, non-raw modifications, uh, DM magic -y spell stuff, uh, and is that it? Is that all we covered? I think so. Okay. Is there anything we're missing on magic modification obviously this is something we're probably talking about more and give better examples or stories again in the future because it's a fun topic um but uh, again we mostly focus on dnd &D. i was going to talk about other stuff but we're running about 40 minutes and we can talk about other systems another day <laughs> or at least okay as a brief note i think i could be mistaken but mm -hmm. I do believe that if, you know, you guys as individuals are interested in going and looking at, like, how to alter spells or just generic things in D&D, &D, uh, I believe it's either, I think Sage Advice Compendium um, has some stuff in relation to that. Uh, or it might be Unearthed Arcana, but I'm pretty sure it's Sage Advice uh, actually had a little stint that they put in in regards to you know altering some things without making them overpowered in general in your games nice good 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 call too um all right plug time here we go dun, 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 speed round so as you guys know we started this discount code thing that we're doing on the website for those of you listening to this podcast later the code is the same as the last the last podcast this month's code and it's podcast uh, TBD, right? To be determined. Shortened down. TBD. So podcast. One big word. Er, big, big word the whole way. Yeah, I want to say it's a big word the whole way. And then TBD. Capitalized. Yeah, big. <laughs> um, <laughs> but podcast. TBD. Little dash in between. Uh, five percent off stuff. Uh, I think the only thing that's not discounted uh, is our session zeros because they're basically half price all the time automatically uh and first first time fees wizard tea uh, oh and wizard tea thank you yeah we don't discount wizard tea because it's so cheap um everyone's well will take a dollar off or something but for now no discounts on it because <laughs> it gives a discount it's infinite discounts uh, but anyway, check out the website. Uh, we're going to be updating it today, tomorrow, over the next week, adding some videos on the YouTubes, all that fun stuff. Uh, so keep an eye out for it. Again, I'll kind of talk about this at the front and end of the podcast. Um, Younger, thank you so much, as per usual, for being my wingman here. Um, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. You got any final thoughts, words, decisions? Oh, thank you all for listening. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your night. Have a great time adventuring. Hey, 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 hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'm going to reiterate our discount code again at the end here. So it is podcast, T-B-D, to be determined. Um, it's shorthand, it's our first month. We'll come up with more exciting ones in the future. But that's what we're starting with, dang it. 
Uh, anyway, I hope you all are having a wonderful night, wonderful weekend. Uh, check us out on Monday, this coming Monday, for our uh, games and whatnot. Until then, I hope you all safe adventuring, lots of fun. With adventure in mind, have a wonderful night.